Welcome to our podcast, Murray Musings, where we talk about Andy Murray's antics on the court and off. Our contributors are Rashmi, Scott, and my name is Peter. We're not professionals, but we're professional fans of Andy Murray. Thank you for listening in on our first ever podcast, celebrating Andy and what he's given to the world, representing the Scottish and British sports community, giving his all for his fans. First, we'll talk about why we're his fans. I'll first talk about how I became a fan of Andy, and it happened during the 2006 SAP Open. Um, I watched the semifinal against uh, Roddick, and then also the final against Leighton Hewitt, um, where he won um, when he was down 2-6, and then came back 6-1, 7-6, 7-3 to win it. And that match was just inspiring and just amazing, how he showed his grit and determination and the quality of uh, shots and uh, play. And after the match, uh, when he had uh, won, uh, he uh, ran um, to uh, the stands and uh, kissed his then-girlfriend, Kim Sears, now his wife, Kim uh, Murray. It was just a wholesome moment. It was just inspiring to see a young uh, tennis player just come of age in that very uh, tournament. Um, So that's definitely made it to where it was one of my first, of course, favorite matches and sealing the deal uh, that I'd become a fan for life. Yeah, hi guys, um, I'm Rashmi. Thank you guys for listening. The reason how I became an Andy fan, it's quite hard to explain basically. So I've, I'm from Scotland, as you can probably tell from my accent. So I'm from Andy's home country. And so here we've always like, always known about Andy. Like ever since I was a kid, I've known about him. But um, I never really got into tennis until 2015-16 when Andy started like really, really coming up um, and um, getting close to the number one spot. So it was during, ironically, the, the Wimbledon title that he won, the second Wimbledon title that he won in 2016, when I really started following him. It was the match against Songa and the final against Raonic that I, I like really, really like, um, started to cheer him on um, uh, like in a big way. And yeah, yeah, ever since then, I think 2016, uh, the end of 2016, um, after Wimbledon, he went on a big run on the hard courts like winning like five tournaments in a row or something like that. Um, and then he became number one at the end of the year. Um, and during that time, it was kind of like an escape for me, as uh, we'll talk about later on, uh, how tennis can be an escape. But it was an escape for me seeing him winning so much. And it, it just made me really happy. And uh, I've always loved the way he is off court uh, as well. And that's why I'm a fan. Hi there, guys. Um, so, yeah, my name's Scott. Um, I'm the third podcast hoster, host, hoster, um, whichever one it is, um, of the Murray Musings podcast, um, a podcast about Andy Murray. Um, I am also from Scotland, so there's obviously a link there with Andy Murray, um, but it goes way back for me. My origin story begins uh, back in 2005, 2006, 2007. It was way back. It makes me feel really old thinking back to it now. I was in first or second year at high school. Um, and I remember I was one of those kids at school, like the anti-sport kid, um, the kid who did sports only when he had to in PE class. Um, and I was just generally terrible at team sports, like awful at them, terrible coordination. Yeah, just generally awful relationship with sports. Um, and as a result, I didn't really like watch any on TV either. I didn't really have any interest in watching sports. Um, but yeah, I just kind of remember coincidentally just flicking through channels one day um, in, during the summer and I think it was Andy's first uh, first summer playing at Wimbledon in the in the main draw 
Um, and yeah, I just s- switched the channel and I, to be confronted with this kind of gangly, unshaven, scruffy looking kid walking on court at Wimbledon um, as though he didn't, didn't care what people thought of him. And that just for me was immediately kind of impactful um, because I watched him go on, walk on court like he didn't care and then play tennis like it was every single thing in the world to him. Um, so he didn't care what people thought of him. He just cared how he played tennis. And uh, yeah, that was majorly impactful for me. And from then on in, I was kind of known as that weird Andy Murray kid um, all the way through until now when I'm kind of known as the weird Andy Murray adult. <laughs> um, and it's it's brought me to a point now where I'm sitting um, chatting to two people, two friends of mine who I've met through Twitter um just just because we love Andy Murray um and yeah it's it's brought me to the point now where I I I'm excited about talking about him I'm excited about doing a podcast about him I'm excited about yeah chatting about his 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 life and how his life has impacted all three of us um so yeah there's been some ups um and some downs along the way as an Andy Murray fan um, but we'll uh, yeah we'll we'll cover them as we go on um, and uh, yeah that's that's kind of my history as an Andy Murray fan. So uh, we've had a lot of interactions with uh, Andy, um, a lot of uh, funny um, and some bad experiences trying to get selfies with him. And so I'll start. Um, so I was trying to get a photo with uh, Andy during the 2018 Cincy Open um, after he was coming off the practice courts and I was so nervous um, I wanted to look cool so I put my uh, sunglasses on um, and I couldn't even see the camera uh, clearly and so I accidentally uh, flipped the camera backwards um, to the other side Um, and so I had uh, pictures of uh, the Sky instead of Andy and me. Um, but thankfully, um, I got a picture uh, with him the next year in Cincy in 2019, and he autographed the book that he wrote um, while at an autograph booth. Um, so that was amazing to quickly talk to him and thank him for everything. Um, so that was uh, my experience with uh, him uh, for uh, our interactions. Yeah, um, I've... Uh tried many times to go and see one of his matches i've never uh, gone and seen any of his matches unfortunately but um i have met him two times once um it was uh, at his documentary premiere in london where i was studying at uni uh, i went over there and luckily met him and with a few of his family members and friends uh, over there who went to his premiere um, all I said to him was congrats on the Antwerp win, <laughs> which happened a few weeks before that, and he said thank you. But I, I still count that as an interaction. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and um, I got uh, two selfies with him that day. One was at that moment when he when I like told him uh, congrats on the Antwerp win, and also one when he was leaving the venue. Um, but a horde of fans were there, and when I got home, I saw that both of the selfies were blurry, so they they came to nothing. Um, <laughs> So I was planning to like show them to everyone, um, and I couldn't uh, because they were just atrocious. But anyway, it was the memory that that accounted uh, in, in that experience. Uh, I kind of treasure that because it was um, really fun to get to see the the documentary film and meet uh, people like Judy and Jamie and uh, people like Annabelle Croft, like uh, all the people in the tennis community that I've always I'd always seen on TV and uh, uh, then got to talk to them in person. It was really nice. Um, and also, uh, a few months ago, in November, um, 
uh, he did a Twitch stream with Gail Monfils where I got to, <laughs> luckily after like a lot of hassle, got to talk to him on the very last day um, of the streams and I got to tell him how much he, he meant to me um, as a player and as, as a person. So um, I'm very grateful that I got to do that. It came across pretty last minute though for you, right, Rashtri? Like it, it was so... Really, yeah, it was, it was crazy, yeah. So basically I had been trying for four days up until uh, um, they finally said it was the last day. Daniel Medvedev had won the tournament. It was like, I was kind of accepted that it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I was like laying in bed going, uh, at least I tried, you know. <laughs> then I got a message from Gail's team saying, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you can come on right now. And I was like, what? <laughs> no? And I said, yes. Immediately, I immediately said yes. Because I was like, well, if they change their mind, then I'm going to forever regret it. So I said yes. Immediately got ready and didn't have a question because the question I prepared, uh, they'd already answered in detail. So um, I had to c- come up with a question in my head. And I thought about one about doubles that I had been thinking about for uh, ages. And... Uh, I asked him it on the stream. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, maybe on the stream it came. I came across very nervous, um, and that was the reason why. Um, it was a combination of um, the kind of last minuteness of it, the combination of me actually talking to my idol uh, and Gail Monfils, who's just amazing as well. So uh, the whole experience uh, made me really nervous. But it, as it went on, it, I got kind of more comfortable, and yeah, I'm really glad that I got the opportunity because not many people get that. <laughs> opportunities i'm really grateful yeah i mean yeah uh just i guess just to lead on from that like that's uh i i, I was one of those people that week as well <laughs> um and that's yeah that was um un- unlike rashby um and, I, and i've thought about it i've thought about it a little bit uh unlike rashby with my episode like it was I I wasn't kind of thrown in the deep end um so I I was told like half an hour before I was due on um to to talk to Andy Murray and Gail um that 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 I was going to be on that night so the result was that I was like sat there with my computer and with my laptop like oh my gosh this is finally going to happen um because up until that point the closest I'd came was like very vaguely getting like an autograph from him in a crowd of people like at the Davis Cup years ago so that was the only other like kind of interaction I'd had with him. Um, so <laughs> this was like trying try, trying to get right in my head. Like Rashmi, you, you you'll get it. Like trying to get right in my head. Like what I what like how to fit everything that I feel about Andy Murray into like five minutes and not come across as a bit of a weirdo, um, which <laughs> was was quite difficult I think um, because yeah obviously he he means. He he means like so much to me and to you guys as well. But like, it was it was just so I was sitting there for like half an hour watching this happen, like watching their live stream, knowing that I was about to be introduced, and then suddenly without warning I was being introduced and I was there like just chatting to them. And um, I know Rashford, you've you've watched your episode back a few times, right? But I yeah yeah I, yeah I I kind of cringed while doing it, but I did watch mine back. And I kind of cringed at stuff I said and how much I was I was smiling at him. Like he was talking seriously about doubles and I was smiling, like giggling. You're just grinning away. Purely because, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, that was purely because I was so excited that I got I got the opportunity. I, I, I didn't find anything he said funny. It was just like it wasn't funny. It was just me thinking in my head, like, I'm actually talking to him right now. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, amazing. it's it's one of those things where for me I was like chatting to him and then in my head I was like Oh my god! Like this is literally taking place, um, and 
I but yeah, I, I don't I, know whether I would have I would have preferred that you know I don't know whether I would have preferred uh, the anticipation of waiting for half an hour that would have been nerve wracking. It was honestly because I overthink everything. Yeah, no, it was it was way too much. Like honestly, by by the time it was over, I I remember just it, it's a shame as well in a way because it's like meeting your idol, knowing that thousands of people are going to be watching it on the internet. Um, so it was that kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it was that kind of it was a shame because afterwards after it was over I felt this huge sense of like relief which is a shame because you're like it's Andy Murray such a hero it's like this man that I you know like adore and I've followed for years and years and years and but I feel so relieved that now my chat with him is over <laughs> just because I was so yeah, scared and Never. I I also felt like um really really happy that he was so nice to us like um I was like kind of scared that it'd be like very like disappointing or something will happen but he was like what the this is how like you should behave with your fans like he was really really nice and uh, like really grateful that he was so nice yeah. yeah he was like asking questions and stuff like that about us uh and about like what we do and stuff like that and really nice yeah yeah so, like he couldn't have been nicer it, it's it's mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like oh you never meet your heroes unless it's Andy Murray right <laughs> unless it's exactly. Andy Murray in which case exactly in exactly. which case go out and meet your hero guys go out and meet your heroes um but yeah that's uh i, I guess yeah that's that's kind of that's kind of it for me though because yeah the only other time i've really uh, really met him as i say was very very vaguely at the davis cup when he played del potro in glasgow and he lost so like i, I was getting ready because i was pretty convinced he would win that match because you know as andy murray fans we have to believe that he's going to win every match uh, and it was a fantastic match to watch but yeah that uh ended in heartbreak for Andy and for his fans and but he was still solid enough a really really cool guy to like sign my autobiography um, but it was very very vague interaction so um, I, I've sadly had no chance to no no opportunity to um, to mess up selfies as Rashmi and Peter have so um, fingers crossed fingers crossed if uh, if I ever get the opportunity my uh, I, I, I hopefully won't but I mean I probably will but um, but yeah I think that's uh, that, that about wraps up our our interactions doesn't it I think that wraps it up um, Rashmi if you'd like to um, go in and we can talk about um, our favorite matches of his so um favorite matches this is a good question because i have a lot of them um one primarily that sticks to mind uh, is the the cole schreiber match this ironically it's not a grand slam match it's the the cole schreiber match in dubai 2017 the one where he makes he plays a tiebreak which is uh, 2018 that he wins after saving seven match points the way he the way he hits that drop shot at the, i think it was six seven six in the tiebreak he was a match point down yeah, that's like one of that is the best drop shot I've ever seen, honestly. Oh, for um, sure. Moment, like given the given moment, the context. Yeah, given the the context, that the what was at stake and how he won won the match and won the set, won the match, won the tournament after that, just unbe- unbelievable. So that whole match and the fact that he won the trophy after that match is just unbelievable to me. Um, another favorite match, obviously, everyone would say the Wimbledon twenty thirteen match against Djokovic. <laughs> yeah the way yeah. he the way that last final game uh juice add juice add juice add the way he came through that is yeah. unbelievable do, do, do you think if he'd um, lost that final yeah. game he would have he would have still won i think it would have taken another, another set maybe but he would have won probably yeah yeah, yeah. he was he was on luckily we didn't day. need to find it that day. and djokovic was injured or some something happened <laughs> Some, yeah, luckily. Something happened. I think Djokovic went to the trainer. I don't know whether it was just he was tired or something, but 
he wasn't at his best. So I think Andy was on a roll. He would have won it, but it would have been excruciating for fans to go through. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to go through another hour of that, another hour of that. Yeah. We're not being good. We're not being good. Um, what about you guys? Favorite so uh, to piggyback on um, your uh, instance of uh, Andy saving match points, um, I've got two actually where um, they're not Grand Slam matches, um, but uh, they're back-to-back matches. So let's count that um, against Tommy Robredo um, in the uh, Shenzhen and Valencia finals. Um, so uh, he was uh, down match points against Tommy Robredo um, in total for both matches. He saved 10 match points. Um, and in typical Andy Murray magic uh, fashion, um, he saved them all. Um, for the Shenzhen uh, final, that was 5-7-7-6-9 in the tiebreaker, and then 6-1. Um, and then in Valencia, it was 3-6-7-6-7-6 and 8 uh, uh, tiebreaker points. Um, and I mean, those two matches just typify, you know, Andy Murray and the grit and, uh, the quality, uh, that he plays at when he plays his best. Um, and, um, because, uh, Tommy Robredo, you know, just did not get the better of him in both of those matches. He, uh, playfully, um, put up his middle fingers at him at the net when they were so tired iconic. Uh, in Valencia after <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that final. I've seen that um, yeah, it's an iconic moment in uh, Andy Murray's career um, because I'm sure that's how a lot of people um, are feeling after they, you know, think that they're up a set, up a break and whatnot, and then Andy Murray just seems to come back. Um, so those two matches are definitely... Um, Two of my favorite matches of his. Those uh, those matches are fantastic, um, but I am I am going to be the the controversial one amongst um, my fellow podcast hosts here, um, and I am going to pick a Grand Slam match. So I know that's that's cheating. That is cheating. I know. I know. Um, but I am going to pick a Grand Slam match, and it's actually a Grand Slam match that, of course, Andy Murray did lose. Um, that I'm going to pick as one of my favorite matches. Um, brave, and it is uh, the, pick one. yeah I know I know I'm getting I'm I'm feeling some judgment I'm feeling some judgment here but it's and I, and I promise guys the biggest Andy Murray fan right here but like this match for me it was just oh it was just so so good like it was against Djokovic in the semi-finals of the Australian Open and before that match it, it's one of these things where it's like Djokovic at the Australian Open he's just coming off the back of one of the like greatest seasons in professional men's tennis history um and everyone thought i think i think everyone thought apart from you know the most diehard fans like ourselves that andy was probably he was probably he was probably going to lose that match um he was probably going to lose that match um but like it it just for me this match like kind of epitomizes andy murray's career it was like a glorious and like fantastic defeat uh, it really was and it was for me, like the the point where Andy speaks about it afterwards, um, that he realizes that he can and he does have the ability to compete with the best players, the greatest players of all time, um, on the biggest stages in the sport, um, and it's just it, it it is fantastic. Now I know, like Peter, you've said that you're you're not a big fan of watching matches that he's lost, but um, I I would implore you, I would implore you, and I would implore anyone listening to us go on here about him that to go and watch it and if you can and if you as an Andy Murray fan you can't watch it all just like miss out the last five minutes because like the quality of tennis from Andy Murray in that match and I do think it's 
the best match that Andy's ever played against Djokovic, at least. Um, I think there's an argument to be made it's his best match against any of the big three, Djokovic, Nadal and Federer. Um, it's just it's just so so good and the quality is fantastic and then he goes on in 2012 to you know win the olympics and win his first grand slam at the end of the year and so that match you know it 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 is kind of overshadowed by his victories and, and things understandably understandably but it's just it's just so it's just such a good match it's just such a good match it's definitely the match for me that i went back and watched the highlights of it most um, I mean, I think that and like his Wimbledon, obviously his Wimbledon win, um, his first Wimbledon win. I've watched that a lot as well. But just that match, just for tennis quality wise, it's just fantastic. And it's yeah, definitely for me. Whenever somebody asks me my favorite Andy Murray match, I'm like, it was one that he lost, but he lost it brilliantly. And that is for me why Andy is so great because he comes, he, he's came back so often from like heartbreaking defeats. Um, that it's just he's such an inspiration. So yeah, that for me, that for me is probably my. My match. There's so many more, but There's yeah, so that many one more. for me is. I was just thinking about more. the Olympics. The one that he beat Federer on Wimbledon the same year that he lost <sighs> in, that, in the Wimbledon final, 2012. He beat that him was so on so the so court. poetic, so poetic. Amazing. Yeah. Just how was... he like, like he literally demolished Federer that day on the same court where he lost like, a few months ago. It was just insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. And then oh, he won crazy. his first slam. Yeah, was that, it? He nice. won his first slam at the U.S. Open a few months later. After that as well. The US Open, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just amazing. Amazing what he did after. How did he recover from that Wimbledon final loss against Better? Just amazing. Yeah. Not a clue, not a clue, but it was, yeah, I mean, yeah. just outrageous to watch. Outrageous to watch. He that said that he him, was but... close in that Wimbledon final speech and that he was getting closer. And so he got there. He got over yeah. the line. Yeah. So um, going back to uh, gold medal matches, um, one of the probably, I would say, top five matches. Um, for me, would be against uh, Del Potro in the 2016 um, gold medal match. That was just oh my epic. God. I mean, oh, incredible shot making, yeah, yeah. kind of trying to beat back Del Potro's forehand. And Del and Potro backhand. was playing really well. He was, oh, yeah. he could oh outrageous. He was really outrageous. Won it. I, 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 remember, I remember that match. Yeah. I was out on a night out um, <laughs> when that match was on. And I remember, like, I think every Andy Murray fan has had this before, where big Andy Murray match, and you happen to have, like, prior engagements that you can't really, you can't really give up on. I mean, obviously, if you can, you give them up and you go watch Andy. But if you can't give up your prior engagements, you're at your prior engagements on your phone, just yeah. scroll, trying to find a live stream that works on your mobile phone. And that for me, yeah, I mean, I have, oh, that match yeah. for me, just watching it, surrounded by people crazy that yeah that's a good show peter that's a fantastic match fantastic match so let's talk about the matches that we've seen live um i've been to two um matches of andy's um and they've both occurred at cincy um both practically uh for his comeback matches um in uh cincy in 2018 um luca puy uh beat andy 6-1 1-6 6-4 <laughs> like Scott was saying, I don't like to see too many of his losses, um, but some of them are high quality. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I thought it was a two-set match, and Rashmi had to remind me, no, that it was three sets um, that he lost in. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't remember um, the match as clearly as I guess I should have, but I remember some of the shot-making, um, like we've talked about before in the highlights and uh, one of my uh, uh, favorite videos is of him doing 
a um, backhand um, skyhook. Uh, and so I had that video uh, pinned to my tweet um, page. Um, and so it's just an amazing shot. And then I'm yelling, let's go right after uh, he uh, drops <laughs> In the background, down. you just um, hear Peter. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's an amazing shot. Um, and then uh, the second match that I did see was his uh, comeback again um, for uh, 2019 um, when he was uh, um, playing Gasquet, and that was uh, featured in the doc documentary uh, resurfacing um, right at the tail end. Um, so it was a it was a match that it was good to see Andy at. So. I have a bit of an aside. A bit of an aside. Um, you guys are talking about matches that Andy lost that uh, that are good quality. One which I think so. Which I don't know if you guys will think so. But the Fanini match in Shanghai, that was My such a good match. God, yeah. That I don't like such... Fanini matches yeah. against him. I think it's more so <laughs> because I don't like Fanini as a person, and that's my personal problem. But. Um, Rome, I think, was it, uh, 2016? No, um, it, it was... Yeah. It could have been. Was. Um, when he played him and, uh, or no, even 2017, right? Um, where he said that he couldn't move, and so Fernini drop-shotted him pretty much every single time thereafter, and it was just Yeah, was but brutal. honestly, I don't blame him for no, that. No, I don't no, blame no, him no, at all. A smart a legitimate tactic. tactic. When you legitimate hear tactic. your opponent say, I can't move, especially on clay, what are you going to do but drop shot him for the rest of the match? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Fanini's a, quite a controversial character. I, I, I think he's um, quite quite amazing, to be honest. I, I like him, but um, a lot of people think otherwise. But I think that match, uh, even like forgetting the controversy that happened uh, in the middle of it, just Andy really, really should have won yeah. that match. No, it was a great um, match. He yeah. served for it. Absolutely. Served for it. Seven, it, be, it was like, six, uh, was it 5-4 he served for it? Then it became, I don't remember. But it got to a tie break in the final set when he served for it and he lost. He should have won it. Yeah, um, he yeah. should have yeah. won it. I and, recall it. Yeah. And he described it as a carnage, carnage match yeah. in the Twitch streams with Monfils. And he was right. It, it was carnage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, crazy match. And he did actually, he put he put Vanini as, uh, in his perfect player, he put him as the uh, best drop shot. So... I guess he's forgiven him for, yeah, for that. So. <laughs> the mass drop shotting. Um, but uh, so yeah. Peter, the two matches you've seen, or the few matches you've seen, has he lost? Is is he lost both of them? Is that right? Yep, he lost uh, both. And to me, since they're both really comeback matches, I definitely don't blame him for the loss. And I mean. Hopefully it's not no. <laughs> on me of, uh, okay, if I see a match of his, he's always going to lose. So hopefully the next match that I do see, <laughs> that he'll win it for us. Well, you're, you're not alone in that because like, the matches I've seen, well, I mean, so uh, the, one of them doesn't really count because it was an exhibition event. It was the one that, Rashmi, you were supposed to be at it as well, right? The uh, Andy Murray Live. Yeah. So Andy... Uh, did uh, an exhibition, uh, charity exhibition of the um, Andy Murray Live, which was at um, the Hydro. Um, it's basically the Glasgow Scottish equivalent of like the O2 Arena. Um, and he did it. And you you, th you think Andy Murray exhibition event, he's maybe playing it with a few other British players or something like that. But no, he managed to get Roger Federer to sign up for it. And that is like, I mean, phew, like... 
at Roger Federer in Glasgow. Um, the two just don't really quite go together. Um, I think it was Roger's. I think Roger yeah. said it was his first visit to 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 Glasgow. Yeah, I, I think it was. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not sure if it was his first visit to um to Scotland generally. If Roger, you're listening, you can email us and let us know if if this was his first because <laughs> I'm sure Roger's listening. Um. But yeah, so Andy did this exhibition event with Roger, um, and was that that was 2017, wasn't it? Was it? Was that 2017? Yeah, I think it was. It yeah, was 2017. 2017. Yeah. Um, so Andy had been injured for quite a bit of that year, um, and was hopeful that he was gonna, you know, get to play it, and um, he he did in the end. He did in the end. I think that's testament to Andy as a person that he went ahead with it because the tickets hadn't been sold, people were showing up, people were really desperate to see him and Federer there. Um and yeah, it, it was great to watch. But you know, there's a small part of me. It's like Roger, you couldn't just given him the victory because it's in Glasgow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, yeah. Andy did, Andy did lose that match. Um, again, exhibitions. So it didn't really matter. Um, the one that really mattered was the other match that I saw, uh, which was Davis Cup. Yeah, Davis Cup against Del Potro. Um, like six hour match. Which yeah, I mean it's Del Potro. Of course, it's going to be a like a high quality, really really long match, um, and to see it live was fantastic. It was brilliant. Um, but like it was like five and a half hours. It was brutal, uh, brutal brutal match. Like really high quality, fantastic match. Um, but yeah, Andy came up short there as well. Um, so kind of the two times that I've really seen Andy play. He's lost as well. So Peter, I feel like we're we're doing well. We're doing we're good talismans for him. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah think, I'm kind uh, of jealous of both of you because uh, I've not seen him live play. I've never seen him play live. So uh, yeah, I've met him, but I've never seen him play live, which is so annoying. I was meant to, as Scott said, I was meant to go to the the Hydro to see him at Andy Murray live. Didn't uh, get the chance because I was in London, um, yeah. at uni. Um, and um, I've never, I've always wanted to go to Queens and Wimbledon, but they're both too expensive and far away from me. So um, yeah, um, hopefully when Andy plays Wimbledon next or uh, Queens or something, I'll I'll make the effort to go because need to need to see him live once. <laughs> Uh, so so when when Andy announced his or you know when Andy was close to retirement a few years back were you gutted at the time that you'd kind of oh I was yeah I was really upset I I I couldn't believe it I was like literally sobbing for, for what for the the day that he and I still remember the day it was 7th January I think uh yeah I still remember it, it was 7th or 8th January uh 2019 that he announced yeah uh, yeah and it, hey I but he's came back was... he's came back so hopefully you'll get your chance I yeah I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. Honestly, that was yeah. gut wrenching for me. But yeah. but that's a topic that we'll um, get onto. So we'll get onto that. <laughs> yeah, so glad he's back. Yeah, he's back, absolutely, so. absolutely. And we'll talk about that a bit more. For sure, but I mean, Rashmi, we need you to actually go and see some of his matches to actually like give him some good luck that me and Peter. Are maybe, not maybe, him. maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me and Peter are just not not really providing him with. We're coming to his matches and we're not really kind of. Um, yeah, we're not we're not giving in the good stuff apparently. So <laughs> you need to you need to come and offset that uh, for us. I'll I'll, I'll try. <laughs> uh, so yeah, guys, I think that just about kind of wraps up our time um, on this first episode of Murray Musings. Um, we've all uh, all three of us have had the chance to at one point meet him, if not see him play, uh, meet him live in 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 person um and yeah we we hope that you've enjoyed hearing us kind of ramble our way through this first episode but in a you know in a in a fun light-hearted enjoyable way um if you did enjoy 
um, wh- what what we had to say. Um, please do tune in to our episode two, which will be coming out very, very shortly, um, where I think, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I think we're covering um, from around about 2016, is that right? Uh, 2016 onwards of Andy's career. Maybe we'll touch on a bit of his early stuff as well. I'm not quite sure, but I think that's what we're kind of going to do. Um, and and then with the general idea being to kind of bring it up until nowadays um, to, to what he's what he's getting ready to do next year in 2021, I think. Um, is that about right, guys? Is that about right? Is that what we have planned? Yep. And then uh, we'll talk uh, more in depth about uh, the documentary um, and we'll take a, um, a tour of pretty much uh, those highlights um, chronologically, um, just telling how he came back and resurfaced from everything and how his hip was resurfaced so the documentary covers a lot of stuff um uh, about what andy was going through in his mind throughout it what his family was going through what his mother what his brother were going through like what they were thinking while he was coming back and also the way he came back in the doubles the the everything that um he's gone through uh, we're going to like tie that documentary in with the real life events and uh, yeah go over it so what Rashmi's suggesting there is that you listen to our next episode about the documentary. You listen to it, and then you go watch the documentary. You don't just go watch the documentary. You listen to our next episode, and then you go watch it. <laughs> so, yeah, please yeah. do watch that documentary. It's just amazing. Oh, we'll talk more about that but in, we will. in the next episode, but yeah, we will. that's a teaser. So, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for listening, and Thank thanks you for joining me, my fellow podcast hosts. See you. Bye. Bye.